1: For tonight's debate, we have the format of 10 minute openings. Um, The affirmative goes first, then after that we're going to have about an hour of open discussion followed up by about a half an hour of question and answer. So if you have a question, put it in the live chat, make sure to tag at modern day debates. And if you really want your question read um, number, you know, first off, go ahead and put that into the super chat that will put it to the top of the list. Um, so if you, um, so we actually have the de- the links for the speakers in the description box below. Um, you can check them out. Um, First off, Armin, we have your link. What would you? What would people find at your link if they went um, went to your link?
2: Oh, the link. Yeah, do you, uh, yeah. You guys linked my, to Atheist Republic's YouTube channel. Yes. Yeah, if you guys actually go there, we have debates there. We have commentary. We go live. Um, I mean, I. We have once a week. Me and my crew cover the news on everything secularism and religion related. But almost every day, yeah. Every day we go live um, and we we engage with topics about Islam, Christianity, atheism, cultural stuff, geopolitics. And recently we're going after the woke cult more often because the woke cult, uh, we have decided that it's close enough to a religion for an atheist channel to be worth for an atheist channel to uh, make sense for it to go after. Um, so that's a new target of ours. So if you're interested in uh, seeing us uh, defend enlightenment values against uh, Christianity, Islam, the far right, and the woke cult, come check it out. And again, even if you disagree with the things you, we say... Um, we will uh, welcome you on our channel and we engage with our live chat just like you guys you mm-hmm. guys engage with the live chat and we do that there as well so yeah if you like stuff like this uh, check out atheist republic
1: awesome thank you and khaled um if people click on your link what will they find
3: uh, they'll find my low follower twitter account um uh so yeah just me shit posing basically most of the time um but my friend and i are launching a podcast soon uh so it's going to be about like history the occult politics so um you know maybe uh if you follow my twitter you'll eventually be kept abreast of that if you're interested but other than that yeah you'll uh, be uh you could join my 600 or so followers
1: awesome well thank you so much so if you like either of these speakers or both of these speakers go ahead and click their descriptions below um and you can have more of their content also just as a um, an overall rule of thumb, make sure in the chat to be respectful of both speakers. Um, if you want to attack their ideas, that is fine. Same with comments. Let's keep things respectful. And with that, um, Khaled, you are the affirmative. Um, so if you want to go ahead and start off, the floor is yours.
3: Okay, sure. Thanks. Hi, everyone. I'm Khaled. Um, So yeah, I'm the non-skeptic in the debate, but I am skeptical really of the power of debates of this kind to actually change minds. Uh, and when this was first pitched to me, I did think really hard about uh, whether to do it. Uh, I'm generally extremely disinterested in any kind of apologetics like this, uh, in general. Um, thought about the verse from, from our Quran, which is, uh, which is like, You can't guide who you love. Uh, Allah guides whom he wills. Um, In fact, I think there might actually be a Hadith of the Prophet where he says something along the lines of, you know, there's a house in paradise for uh, whoever leaves off from arguing, uh, even when he knows he's right. So I guess I missed out on that one uh, because here I am. Uh, But, you know, I was persuaded to do it. So inshallah, my words uh, can reach maybe at least one person. Uh, this is for him, you know. Bismillah Akhmanir regime. All right. So I'm here to argue the case that Islam is true. At first glance, it's a very attractive statement in simplicity and its accessibility. But on consideration, its constitutive terms are really unfold into like a fractal of uh, daunting complexity. In fact, I uh, I have a suspicion this debate may go absolutely all over the place due to the immense complexity of these concepts, Islam and truth. Uh, What is Islam? What is true, such that Islam can be called true? Uh, Volumes, volumes have been written from every perspective on the question of what Islam entails, but our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has offered a definition that I think suffices for our purposes today. he said that Islam is to testify, la ilaha illallah, la Muhammad uh, that there's no God, but the one God. Uh, and Muhammad is his messenger to establish prayer, to give charity, to fast Ramadan, to perform pilgrimage and if able, oh yeah, no, if able to uh, perform pilgrimage to the Kaaba. Um, the first of these components, the testimony to God's singularity and Muhammad's prophethood, insofar as it's a statement, is that to which one can most readily ascribe truth or, for that matter, falsity? The subsequent four components make matters less straightforward as they are not statements but practices. Can practices be true? I contend they can when they are practices right alone of all that is sound and valid in this life, when they're directed towards the real. But this idea uh, might be observed, is obscure in the absence of some. To supply this answer, we may return to the elemental statement that Muslims affirm our professions of unity or tawhid, uh, and to the exalted, irresistible, majestic existence whereof this unity is professed. To quote the Quran, Fatala Allah, uh, Al Maliku Al exalted be Allah, the Sovereign, the Truth. Allah is Al Haq. He is the truth, he is reality. As far as doubt goes, which I'm confident my opponent will bring up, the reality to which I refer is the background against which doubt is possible. Uh, I may in this moment doubt that there is some phenomenality, some extant world in which I am part of a live debate, but this doubt is defined against the inexorable evidence of the real that is and will be. The one who doubts is really doubting and cannot while doubting doubt that he doubts. No more than to paraphrase Imam al-Khazali, a person can will themselves to love someone or something whom they don't love, it's not possible. Love is an emanation of the heart that follows the course of openings from Allah to Allah. There is inexorably, irresistibly the truth. In the face of this, the only response is submission, Islam. It's in this respect that the blessed prophet whose example we follow is what people of all religions and ideologies now recognize him to be a person of sincerity, a paragon of sincerity, uh, and in the most literal sense of this word, truthfulness. We say after him what he said in his nightly devotions, Allahumma Antal haq, like uh, aslamtu." Allah, you are the truth, and to you I submit. So uh, Islam is true or nothing is. That's the end of my opening statement.
2: you're muted carissa
1: thank you um thank you so much and Armin, go ahead with your opening statement all
2: right i'll i'm just i'm not very good at preparing opening statements so i'll i'm just going to read some quran, quran verses and maybe some hadiths if time allows is that okay i'm just going to do that right uh so this is quran 434 Uh, Men are in charge of women by right of what Allah has given one over the other and what they spend for maintenance from their wealth. So righteous women are devoutly obedient, guarding in the husband's absence what Allah will have them guard. But those wives from whom you fear arrogance, first advise them. Then if they persist, uh, forsake them in bed and finally strike them. Strike them, beat them up. Uh, But if they obey you once more, seek no means against them. Indeed, Allah has ever exalted and grand. Let me see what's this one. This is Quran 65, uh, 4. And those who no longer um, expect menstruation among your women, if you doubt, uh, then their period is three months. And uh, also for those who have not menstruated, And for those who are pregnant, their term is until they give birth. And whoever fears Allah, He will make for him of uh, his matter ease. So basically, this is talking about the those wives. This is referring part of this um, verse is referring to the those wives wives of yours who haven't reached maturity. Basically, this is a Quranic uh, verse making it clear that. that Muslim, it's okay for Muslims to have uh, child brides, child um, um, wives, right? Um, this is four twenty four. Let me see which one. Okay, so this I'm just going to read the beginning of this verse, which it says, all, um, also I prohib- prohibited to you are all married women expect except those who your right hand possesses." Uh, so, part of this Quran verse is referring to you, the women that are married, you are not allowed to have sex with them unless they are your sex slaves, the ones that you are captured in war. Though even if they're married, your sex slaves are okay for you to, for, for you to fuck. Um, um, we have Quran 4.11. Um, this one is saying, Allah instructs you concerning your children... For the male, what is equal to share of two females? I don't think I need to read the rest of this verse. Basically, um, male, when it comes to inheritance, oh, but if you are only... Yeah, this is about inheritance stuff. Um, Male gets twice as female. And then I think this is... Where is this? This is Quran 2.28. Hmm... uh, this is this is the bigger one, but this is about um, bearing witness and you know the woman's word being worth half of a man because apparently their women's uh, women are idiots. Um, this is a larger Quran verse, but you could, if you want me to read it later, I could read it. This one is a shorter one, four eighty nine. It says, uh, "They wish you, uh, they wish you would disbelieve as they disbelieve, so you would be like, so you would be alike. So do not take from among them." Allies until they emigrate um, from the cause of Allah. Did I read that right? Okay, but if they turn away, then seize them and kill them wherever you find them, and take no not from among them any ally or helper. Uh, there is a whole bunch of hadith sahih hadith from Sahih Bukhari. Um, there's a lot of them telling that t- mentioning that people like me, people who used to be Muslim and now they're not Muslim anymore. That they should be killed. Um, one of them, see. Okay, cannot be shed. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's a. There's a. There's a lot of hadith like this, but I'm just going to read one of them for an example. Narrated by by narrated Abdullah, Allah's apostle said, uh, "The blood of a Muslim who confesses that none has um, none has the right to be worshipped, but Allah." Um, and that I am his uh, apostle cannot be shit except in three cases. So basically this uh, Hadith uh, hadith sahih from sahih Bukhari 983.17 is mentioning that you're not allowed to kill a Muslim. Basically Muslim, anybody who believes in Allah and Muhammad as his prophet, except in three situations. Um, in punishment for murder um, or adultery. Uh, and the third one is whoever reverts from Islam. And leaves the Muslims right. So basically, me apostate. So basically, my blood is halal. You, you should be able to kill uh, kill me. There are a lot of sahih hadith referring to uh, Muhammad not just marrying uh, Aisha as a child, but but raping Aisha as a child. Uh, this is there's so many of them that I could mention, but some of them are Bukhari six two nine eight, Bukhari seven sixty two eighty eight. Um, yeah. So, and I know all the excuses Muslims make for why Muhammad married Aisha when she was six, molested her between age six and nine, and then eventually raped her when she was only nine years old. This is based on Islamic scripture. Um, but most of, okay. and this is the last one I'm going to read if I still have time. Um, this is just funny. I just wanted to. This is um, this is a hadith again. This is hadith uh, Bukhari. Um, book sixty-three, hadith seventy-five, volume five, book fifty-eight. There's different. You could you could search for this one, right? Um, during the pre. So this is narrated by Amir um, bin Amr bin Maimun. Maimun, Maimun. Right. Uh This one says during the pre-Islamic period of ignorance, I saw a she monkey surrounded by a number of monkeys. Uh, they were all stoning it because it had committed illegal sexual intercourse. I, too, stoned it along with them. So this is about why stoning women for adultery is okay. Um, one of the reasons is because apparently they saw monkeys stoning each other because apparently monkeys um, can commit illegal sexual intercourse. Um, apparently mar- monkeys get married, and they should, uh, having sex outside of marriage for monkeys is a sin as well. And the interesting thing is in this hadith is that the person that was witnessing this decided to join the monkeys, and stoning the sheikha that had committed adultery. So this is this is just uh, there, by the way there's a if I wanted to go on to show you how ridiculous the Quran and the hadith is I could I like could just sit here 24 hours and just keep reading verse after verse um from both the Quran and hadith and I think 24 hours is not going to be nearly enough to get over um the examples I could bring up but these are some of the maybe interesting and more famous ones.
1: Perfect. Okay. Thank you. Um, so we'll get into the hour-long discussion now. Go ahead.
3: All right. I think I'll uh, respond to what you said. Uh, first of all, I don't think that for the most part, anything that you said really pertains to whether Islam is true or not. First half of what you said really was more an argument that Islam is patriarchal and sexist. But uh, in the interest of taking up our time, I'll like you know respond to it anyway. The first thing that you cited, you know, the famous wife beating verse, uh, you know, I just have to say, I think it's so funny because I was wondering, is this going to just become about the age of Aisha? And well, you know, here we go. But anyway, uh, we have to tediously go through every like, you know, tired polemic against Islam. But anyway, I knew what I was getting into. So here we go. Anyway, so in terms of the wife beating verse, of course, it's actually honestly, I I can help you out a little bit here because you really could have made it sound worse than you did. Cause you included some of the interpolations from the tapseer about how this is kind of a gradation, you know, saying first, like criticize, you know, for then renounce them in bed. Uh, actually you could have just said like, you know, uh, like censure them, renounce them in bed and strike them. Cause it says, blah, blah, blah. I uh, could have made it sound a lot worse than you did. But anyway, of course uh, you know, the uh, interpretive tradition which was represented in the interpolations that you made in your English translation uh, has always recognized this is actually a restriction. On the beating of wives uh, and actually uh, a way to and that's why this is even mentioned there would be no occasion for this uh, discussion of uh, or limitation of life beating uh, if there were no mention of it in our Quran and uh, The Prophet of course never uh, struck her or beat emmy's wives. Yeah, that's uh, he did and now Anyway
2: In the chest he There's did a... what he bit Aisha in the chest
3: Oh, yeah. He, keep... he, he, he touched her in the chest, yes. Aisha,
2: Aisha narrated
3: that he never hit a woman or a slave except in jihad.
2: It's... She also mentioned that she felt pain after that. Yeah, she felt
3: chest. it. It was a nudge on the It was like a pat in the chest. Anyway, uh, I'll keep going through the things that you raised, if you don't mind. Anyway, so, yeah, then there's the issue of the puberty uh, thing. I was very uh, perplexed by your mention of that. I just felt that Uh, I mean, this is, again, uh, just to clarify for anyone who doesn't know, the Quran was revealed in the 7th century in Arabian tribal society. Uh, You know, uh, puberty was kind of considered to be adulthood uh, pretty much universally at that time. In fact, you know, here in the United States, like in a lot of states, it's still considered to be kind of uh, the age of of marriage is is puberty. So uh, I don't know. You know, I think that, yeah, there's there's something that you were getting at there, but I'm not. really sure uh, what it was in terms of the uh, the ones who your right hands possess the slave uh, uh, verse slave ayah. the uh, it's not about sex it's about marriage Um, and slavery you know of course I don't uh, condone slavery like we can still have this principle today Um, yes thank you Uh, but like uh, great and yeah, well, many of them uh, agree that like, mm-hmm. slavery is no longer like necessary and shouldn't be practiced anymore. I mean, obviously, I grant there are some Muslims who disagree, it's true, uh, but of course, there are definitely some non-Muslims who also uh, disagree. If you go on Twitter right now, I'm sure you can find many people talking about how they wish the South had won the Civil War. But anyway, uh, yeah, I don't uh, condone slavery, of course, but slavery was, in the pre-modern world, one of the main ways that people integrated others into societies. Uh, So if, like, all the able-bodied adult men in a certain group, like, are killed in a battle, slavery is one of the main ways. And taking, you know, uh, these people as brides is, you know, kind of a good way to integrate them into the community. Again, like, it's a brutal pre-modern world, but it is how it is. It's the context in which the Qur'an was revealed. In terms of taking uh, allies from among disbelievers, this is really about, like, taking patrons depending on them uh, for protection. Ah, uh, the whole thing about killing them whenever you find them. That's in the context of like a brutal battle, like a brutal military context in which, like Muslims are being persecuted by these Croatian meccans who certainly were not like the paragons of morality or you know, uh, goodness or or upstanding uh, atheism. Um, in terms of uh, you know, uh, the age of Aisha, um yeah this is of course like a very uh common polemic nowadays i mean no one really brought it up until the 19th century uh at all or i don't think even the 20th century <laughs> who was that it wasn't me i don't know who it was but uh anyway um like uh so yes <laughs> but uh the uh in terms of the age of ish no one really brought this up until the 20th century because like you know uh everyone was all about like puberty as the age of adulthood Really, a lot of the Hadiths indicate that she moved into his house at the age of nine. Yes, child marriage was a thing at the time. Like, do I think child marriage is good? No. I think people should have relationships with people who are their own age. But, uh, yeah, Uh, I I don't think anything untoward happened. Aisha has troves and troves and troves of Hadith praising the prophet. She thought this man was a prophet of God to say that he raped her. She never said so, anything like that. It's absurd. Like, why would Muslims narrate all hadith from Aisha if she didn't like the Prophet and believe that he was a rapist? Uh, like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, she said the palm tree moved at his command. Things like this. Like, it's, you know, it's ridiculous to say that Aisha like was victimized by him in some way. Like, it was a society different from ours. I don't agree that people should, like, you know, re, like, re- say the society. Things shouldn't change over time. I think that's fine. It's a natural part of like the way things are. It's part of God's design, but uh, like, you know, to, to like, uh, frame it in this way is quite absurd in terms of like the shedding of blood. Like, again, it's contextual. The reality is that back in these in the past, like, uh, Muslim, like, you know, being a Muslim, being part of like the Islamic community was like the main, it's kind of like, you know what you can maybe al- like analogize it to like a national belonging. Apostasy in those days was something like treason uh, or high treason, especially in the early days in the Riddle Wars, which I think is what you're referring to. Uh, if someone, you know, left Islam, like yeah, that was how it was at that time. Is it like you know, uh, you know, is it something that I think we should observe today? No, and that's really how the Christian has always been. People have always reinterpreted these things. It's always happened from the very beginning. People have, like, uh, transformed these rulings or interpreted them differently based on different contexts. Uh, today, things are totally different. We have in a world of nation states, like, uh, the Internet. Like, uh, you know, the whole idea of being an atheist didn't exist until a bunch of, like, 19th century British dudes invented it. Uh, so I think we need to accommodate to this reality. Uh, and I think that that's fine. I think that you guys can have your own religion, that you can be people of your own book, whatever you want, like, the God delusion or something. But, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I, you know, I think that that's, that's all I have to say about that. The monkey thing's funny. Uh, like, uh, yeah, it's a cute little hadith. There's all sorts of, like, wacky hadith out there. Uh, no doubt about it, um, yeah. you know. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's that. Um, I'm trying to think of, uh, I think that's the, the last thing that you mentioned. I think I got everything. So, yeah, just to reiterate, I don't think that has anything to do with whether or not Islam is true uh you know basically you've made like a moral art like you know uh based like a a epistemologically contingent moral argument trying to kind of retroactively cancel a bunch of like seventh century arabs but you know which uh is a a fair thing to do which many have done i guess you know Uh, it's a very uh tried and true polemical strategy um but anyway so yeah i see the ground to you now
2: well i mean is it's just i think it's just ridiculous to think that any book with de- this kind of content would represent anything that is could be defined by anybody as true the content but anyway right. sorry
3: continue
2: no so i mean i just think it speaks for itself uh, if we if, if we read the quran and the hadith and think like oh yeah this represents anything true about anything I think that just seems ridiculous to me, right? And you keep saying 7th century Arabs. Well, yeah, I mean, I agree. This is a product of values of the time. um, And that's why we should just keep it there. And not bring it um, to use it to, for anything in modern day. Yeah, I agree. Like, and, and it's very interesting because a lot of Muslims want to have it both ways, right? They're like, "Oh, this is a religion for all people at all times that needs to be followed, and it's the best guide to life." And they're like, "Well, what about this? What about that?" Like, "Oh, no, this is the product of its time, and this is what people there. This is the standards back then. Of course, it's accepted." Like, okay, great. Can you just keep it back then and not apply it to today? Um, so when it comes to the wife beating verse, um, there is I think it's strange that you say like you first you said it would have sounded bit worse if I just mentioned the last part instead of the whole entire thing. Uh, I think I'll,
3: you you said the uh, the thing like first do this then do that. Yeah, but I know. That's not part of the actual Quranic verse. It's just a bunch of waz. So you you know that's part of that's from the Tafsir the interpretation that yeah. first you should do this then wait. That's all in the interpretation. I'm reading
2: it in context. you want me yeah. like yeah. the context no, no, no. of I the ta- hadith and the commentary? Yeah, yeah. And, no, I, yes. appreciate it, I appreciate it. But
3: I'm just yeah. saying, you know, if you really want to,
2: go, yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to make things up. I don't I yeah. don't want to make things sound worse than they are. yeah, you don't you don't yeah. you want to give me advice on that? But no, yeah. I it's already it's I can fight it based on what it's already there, right? Here's mm-hmm. the thing. Um, The Quran doesn't mention or the Islam doesn't mention anything about other things that are um, considered wrong. For example, I don't know, murder of your fellow Muslims, right? It doesn't, it just says it's flat out wrong, right? It doesn't tell you, it doesn't give you restrictions. Giving restrictions on something like slavery or wife beating um that gives it authority it legitimizes those things right if you say like hey if you want to beat your slaves for example this is how you do it do make sure they don't die you're like hey this is a good teaching it's telling it's telling you if you this you know it's giving you instructions and restrictions on how to beat your slave so we should you know that's a good- no that's not a good thing that's a horrible thing basically by um, by providing some, guidance on how to do something, you're providing it, you're making it, you're giving it legitimacy on uh, as, a, as if it's the right thing to do. I mean, we have to look at the context of where this, uh, uh, based on Islamic sources, um, when Muhammad came up with his religion, um, he completely dismantled Everything, like every the way that the Qureshi tribe was making money, the economics, the way people believed, he wanted to tear the whole thing down. So for people to say like, "Well, people back then dependent on this, um, this was the morality, uh, this was the rules of the time, this is what accepted uh, was what was accepted." This is something that I think. If it's wrong, uh, Muhammad and and his God should be way above that, right? And for somebody that came out as a revolutionary and uh, basically took away the main sources of income for Becca um at that time for him to be able to stand against that and say that all of that should be removed um worshipping all these worshipping all these other gods that was also uh, an uh, ingrained part of society and how people left. and he had no problem saying that we should stop doing that but apparently wife-beating and slavery was too... Wife-beating is like, it's too much. Like, are people drinking alcohol? That was part of the norm. Like, okay, cut out. You don't have to drink alcohol. Nobody should drink alcohol anymore, even though that's part of the norm and everybody does it. But wife-beating, like, mm, it's too... I'm just going to restrict that. I'm just going to restrict that. It's too It's too much to ask these fellow Arabs of mine, you know, to, to, to not beat their wife. But maybe just like, you know, and also by the way, the actually if you read the Quranic verse, it doesn't tell you that you can beat your wife. It's a commandment. It's a commandment that you should beat your wife. If you should beat your wife, not when your wife is disobedient. I mean the whole idea of your wife being disobedient is more like it's moronic to begin with, like your wife shouldn't be obedient anyways. Um but it actually the verses if you fear disobedience. So that's key. Like, even if she's not disobedience, if you're suspecting disobedience, it doesn't tell you that you can beat her as a third step that you should beat her. It's the commandment. So then when we when it comes to Aisha, you said, like, oh, Aisha was not raped because she was she loved Muhammad, you know, she talked, she quoted him, she praised him. She was nine years old when she was fucked by your prophet. Of course, that's rape. That's a very, def- you know, if you understand anything about um, consent, you know that there's no informed consent when it comes to nine-year-olds. That's the definition of rape. When you use- when you have sex with somebody without informed consent, that is the definition of rape. Of course, that's rape. I don't give a sh- I don't give a crap what she said later about him. Okay. When she was nine years old, Muhammad fucked him. And that's in your religion. There's, this is something that you can't wash away. That is rape. Um, the whole idea of apostasy being treason, uh, similar to treason, these days, you know, first of all, you make some comparison about some laws in the United States, both with Aisha. And I think, I don't know if you mentioned treason here as well when it comes to other countries, but other Muslims do. I don't give a shit what the United States. Rules are norms are. I'm not here to defend United States norms and rules and whatever they do. Um, I'm here to uh, tell you why Islam is ridiculous. And yeah, first of all, people shouldn't be killed for treason either. Okay, Um, and this is not this is not treason though. This has not. I mean, the Hadith makes it very clear um, that this is about you being Muslim and not, not now not being Muslim. Remember every single excuse Muslims give about making trying to make this something bigger than it actually was. It's not that's none of that is mentioned in the hadith. They keep saying you oh you have to read it in context. Read it in context. No amount of context actually makes it makes it seem that uh, m- m- clarifies that the crime that m- somebody like me has to be punished for is anything other than I used to be a Muslim and now I'm not a Muslim. Okay, uh, when it comes to what is it uh, puberty. So yeah, I actually hear a lot of Muslims say that as well. Like, okay, yeah, if you if you reach puberty, you're an adult. You know, I hear many Muslim Muslims also say like, yeah, if you reach your puberty, even if you're nine years old, if you bleed, then you're old enough to fuck. So I mean, I don't really have to say why that's wrong. I just could just no, I think what you do. You.
3: Why is that wrong? Just say it because I don't know what that's based on. It's on it's a oh. contingent. It's based on oh, your you want- morality
2: that comes from nothing. Yeah. Oh. Explain uh, why. Oh, you want me to explain why? Yeah. Explain it's not okay. why. Tell me why. Well, why is that wrong? Let's be, okay. Let's just be clear. You want me to explain why it's not okay to have sex with nine year olds. I want what? Well, no. I want you to explain why adulthood
3: doesn't begin at puberty. Explain why.
2: Adulthood is not just a it's a mental thing. It's not just a bodily thing, right? Who says?
3: Why is that true?
2: Why is that true? Yeah. Why is, why, why, a, you're asking me why a nine-year-old is not ready to be fucked?
3: Uh, who, someone who's an adult who's gone through puberty, who never complained about uh, the conditions of her marriage in any way. In fact, it probably was more like, you know, again, no one really kept track of what age they were. We can go like, you know, all over this stuff. There's many interpretations of this stuff. It probably was like around oh, no. puberty, which is when most people got married, but that's how it was in pre-modern times. This is all epistemological intended. There's no ontological difference between human beings now and human beings then. That's when people did it at the time. So like, you know, you can say like, Oh, well, this is just wrong, but you actually can't because you don't believe in objective morality or anything like that. So what is this idea based on? Nothing. It's based on your own current beliefs now that people in the past didn't believe in. So you can't, you know, well, I don't understand what this is based on. Yeah. Explain to me why.
2: All right. So First of all, when it comes to the, the interpretations that you're talking about, no, the hadith is very clear about the age multiple times. Many well, but places. there
3: are other hadith about how this was a time and she moved in. And, you know, of course, the Quran talks the, about how puberty is important. I don't think we can assume that. Uh, the, sahih hadith, the,
2: the Sahih hadith, Bukhari and Muslim. Yes, I know That's the famous one that more... everyone
1: talks about. We all
2: know. Yeah,
1: just, just one, one second, one second. Um, Khaled, let's let okay, Armin right. reply, yeah. and then okay. you can have mm-hmm. some time. Go
2: ahead. Right, and also when my morality comes based, my standard of morality comes based on you know reducing harm, avoiding harm mm-hmm. for the highest number of people. Right, mm-hmm. and having sex with nine-year-olds is something that you should avoid because that is harm. Okay. You don't have sex with nine-year-olds okay if you want to have a, um, another debate about why that's wrong, uh, i think i would uh, wise we could have that as well but i think for for the purpose of the audience here i think most of them are pretty on board with why we shouldn't yeah. be fucking nine-year-olds so i don't feel like i need to actually explain that to people but if you want a summary version of that is that you know, fucking nine-year-olds is harmful to nine-year-olds, and my morality comes based on not harming other people. So that's a simplified short version of that. Um, But, okay, so when it comes to sex slavery, you excuse sex slavery as one reason, as it brings them back to society and integrates them. Like, it was when you invaded a a group of people, you, I don't, I, I didn't understand, like, as a way for them to get mixed with the society yeah, that, that's a, that, how that, usually
3: that, happens is that like that the way that usually happens integrate in pre-modern times you know it's a universal mm-hmm. institution i'm glad we've moved past it but you know especially the form of like brutal race-based chattel slavery that was passed uh, that was practiced you know in the 19th century so, as the, a way in the, in the, to the show the great enlightenment <laughs> thinkers but you know uh like uh yeah so yeah but that's how like you know society is integrated is through you know uh it's through slavery. That's how prisoners of war integrate into society.
2: Yeah. So you raped a woman, you captured them and raped them to integrate them to society. So you're doing them a favor. Um well I don't not that
3: necessarily. I think that this well to go back to the aya that refers to marriage, is what's acceptable for marriage. If you read carefully, it's it's to do with marriage, not with any Mar-
2: kind of rape, it's marriage no, without, rape marriage at all in any consent. of
3: this. What? Yeah, there's no condonement of rape at all in any of this. You just keep screaming about rape and, and screaming fuck. But like, screaming. You know, to try to, admit no, i No, I, I didn't said interrupt rape. you. Continue, continue.
2: I didn't scream. I just said rape and fuck. I didn't scream. Uh,
3: anyway, you seem right? to be screaming, but that's fine.
2: Okay. Um, yeah, so here's the thing. When you say uh, the Quran doesn't mention rape, but when you're talking about taking people... That your right hand possesses in war and having sex with them without their consent doesn't
3: that's fine. I agree with you. I totally believe in consent. I fully believe in, like, you know, people should go out with people their own age, marry people their own age. I agree. That's not what people in the past believed, and you can't yeah, do they were wrong. Yeah, that's I, I agree with you. I, and I, I, I agree with you as well. That, like, great. You know, so, we've done, done debate and they were wrong. And that's nothing to do with whether or not Islam is true. <laughs> that just has to do what? with whether or not people should go out with people their own age. Or marry people. Well, wrong.
2: Islam they're condones they're those they're behavior. Right. I, uh, agree the, I agree with you that I agree with you that those behavior is wrong. So the whole th- the whole ide- the whole topic of this debate was whether they ro- Islam is right or wrong. And you just said those people those those ideas were back then and they were wrong. And you agree with me that these are not good standards. So great. So Islam is ideas of those Arabs that were living back then. So we agree that they were wrong. So we could just you know we're good then. The idea Islam of
3: marrying is people at, at puberty or having like a, you know, a wife who's much younger than you isn't a core value of Islam. All the verses that you're quoting are like a fraction of the Quran. This is probably like, you know, all that you've read, which is fine, but I would encourage anyone to read the Quran. I would encourage anyone out there to read it and see like how ridiculous you, it is. Um, wait, you but, think
2: that's all I read?
3: No, no, no. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I'm certain that you've read the whole Quran. That was that was rude for me.
2: But no, anyway,
3: no, that's okay. Um, okay. uh Yes. Anyway, you know, this is a this is a fraction of, of the Qur'an. And I right. think that that's not a core principle of Islam. And I think, you know, you talk about wanting to have it both ways. But I think that's all that everyone wants to do. Of course, I, I do want to have it both ways. I want to keep things from the past, traditions, things that I mentioned, the Ramadan fast, paying zakah, the pilgrimage to the Kaaba, uh, our five daily prayers, things like that. These are deep, like important, like, you know, profound uh, practices that are of great value to us. Like every like reenacting everything from the context when the Quran was revealed just because they're incidentally mentioned in Hadith. That's not like what our, our religion is about at all. We're not Hadith robots who are like beep boop, beep boop. It says this. So like, therefore mm-hmm. I must like, you know, do a Ren fair type thing. It's the same thing with like, what do you revere the enlightenment? Like, you know, Thomas Jefferson, I'm sure said certain things that were, that you would agree, you know, are true or good or had good principles. Many enlightenment thinkers did, but they also had many ideas that you know, are bad. Like, I'm sure you, you know, at the beginning of this debate, you said, I'm here to, you know, my purpose in life or, you know, my mission in my career or something is to defend these enlightenment values. Like, you know, a lot of those people had some messed up views, but, you know, of course, you want to have it both ways. Uh, It's natural. Like, you know, this is a natural part of how, like, you know, things develop in time. And the entire history of Islam is like this. People reckoning with these ideas, like transforming things, uh coming to new conclusions like it's a like rich diverse tradition uh it's not just like you know and I understand part of this is because of like uh, Salafi dawa and things like that where you know uh there's this like sort of desire to just like cut everything out in the middle and then go back to the Hadith or whatever but uh you know that's like you know not this is like it's a living tradition uh you know like anyone is
2: um, okay so here's the thing um, I think we agree then okay? because first of all I don't think Muslims are robots that follow the Quran and Hadith uh, they pick and choose because most Muslims are better than the Quran and the Hadith um, so they pick the parts that um, they don't find problematic because they have Muslims have much much higher standard than Islamic standards uh, and that's why most Muslims are great people um most Muslims live better lives than what the Quran and um uh, the hadith teaches. Um you know, again, because they're not robust that so you just insert the Quran and the Hadith and they just follow, right? Um I do want to have it both ways, but g- guess what? I can have it both ways because I can because again, these people that you mentioned, they're not prophets, they're not gods. Uh, and I can admit that they are they are shit. Uh, they have shit values on many things and they have some good ideas on other things right it's harder to do that with when it comes to the bible or the quran if you actually believe that this is coming from a d- divine source of authority because everything from muhammad or the god is pure and this is basically the problem with religion that you that you're not you can pick and choose But you're not supposed to pick and choose, and that's what makes it dangerous. Because yes, you're right. There, I I have read um, all of the uh, Quran and a lot of the Hadith, and you could find, you can find, you know, for example, Islam teaches you to take care of orphans. Uh, Islam is obsessed with taking care of orphans, uh, which is really good, Uh, and you could use that as a way to say, like, oh look, we have good values here. But guess what? Uh, The the religion comes with the package. It's not just like you have to take the whole thing in. so maybe um, maybe f- capturing women in war and fucking them without their consent is not part of the core part of Islam, uh, but it is part of Islam. It's part of the Quran. It's not even. It's not. You don't even need to go to the Hadith for that. Um, and I don't. I think I can learn that I need to be nice to orphans and take care of them without legitimizing an ideology that also teaches me that i can capture women and rape them in war right well there's
3: again there's no actual discussion or like encouragement of this but anyway it's not that here and there from a muslim from a muslim point of view uh like all these intuitions you're talking about these like moral reckoning all that stuff comes from god there's no separation between like what islam is and what muslims like use our to, to determine these things like you know our, our intuitions and these type of things like our, our empathy our moral reckoning that all has a divine source we don't divorce these things from one another you I think that I do yes uh, yes that's yeah exactly I think that's an, that's an atheist point of view um, but in, you know, in terms of uh, you know how, how we see it as Muslims uh, we don't separate them Uh, and yes, I think that, uh, that's a, that's an important, uh, that's an important clarification. Um, and in terms of, you know, saying like, we want to move past and like, we, you know, but of course, like, uh, without these things, without like these great moral leaders of the past, without these traditions. That's where all of these ideas come from. Like people fought and died for us to think the things we like people suffered so much for us to be able to have this idea like, oh, you know, consent is important. Literally like 20 years ago, like it was so different. And I'm sure that you, you recognize this, like, you know, the like I, the conversation around like consent and that, these important things that I agree with you about. Like, you know, people really, like, there has been, like, a huge march through history to change these views. Literally, like, like, all these horrible things we talk about, slavery, like, in the United States, like, probably, like, I mean, I'm sure we can debate about this. I'm sure we'll go into, like, you know, but really the worst incarnation of the institution of slavery, like, in history, or at least a really horrible one, was not very long ago. And, like, you know, this process through traditions that, like, we're able to have these ideas. Their engagement with them, and that's why they're important. We can't just, there's no way to possibly destroy the past, like it's a fantasy.
2: Um, I'm not saying we shouldn't destroy the past, we could learn from the past. Um, but do you agree with me that even though these ideas are new, even though people have bled for them and lost a lot for them, these are better ideas, right? And I agree that these are newer ideas, but these are ideas that make our worlds a a much better world today. They are, um it's very easy to demonstrate how so many people are living better lives and how much how much misery has been avoided because of these newer better ideas and the people that did sacrifice for making these ideas norm you know we we are grateful for them and we we see the results of their work but it's very interesting that it took uh the work of these humans rather than a your, than your prophet, which was supposed to have access to divine authority, rather than a god that should know better than most people. You keep talking about the standards that humans have, and you should you should say you're saying you can't expect more. Well, like you 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 you're suggesting that how can I expect anything else from people back then? I'm not expecting more from people back then. I'm I'm expecting more from a divine source of authority that should know what's good or what's wrong beyond, without the limitation of space and time, right? That's the, I mean, yeah, if you're talking about just your fellow humans back then, I completely understand why maybe these standards were not the norm at the time, but you're making the standard, you know, the standards that I have to your prophet and your God is much higher than what I expect from, you know, the Arabs back then right and why is it why is it that it took so many years later by humans that did not were not appealing to your text that that came up with values and uh, ways to live far superior than anything the Quran or the Hadith suggests
3: well I for on uh uh, firstly I would say that uh you know to this is a common thing I feel like among atheists where it's like well if I were God I would have done a better job but you know, it's not really a fair comparison. Uh, you know, God is like, this is something that we maintain in Islam, that God doesn't really have a comparison with creation. So to kind of imagine ourselves like as God and like how we would have done things different, you know, the way that, God, you know, it's a kind of a cliche, but he works in mysterious ways. We do see his hand in history, but like, the, you know, it's uh, to sort of, uh, I mean, it also is a bit of a cliche and, it's reasonable people are always you know bemoaning god like wondering why like why god why you know it's a uh it's a it's a eternal puzzle um in terms of you know the quran i mean i do think that uh you're sort of understating the contribution of uh the quran to sort of history and, and the development of like certain ones which such as the idea of like religious ecumenicalism which is not really something that exists in, in Christianity, no offense to any any Christians out there, like, you know, the idea of protections, you know, and of course, you can go and criticize and say, like, oh, you know, they were second class citizens, things like that. But the whole idea of, like, religious toleration, or of any kind of perennial idea, where there's a certain truth to all religions, the idea of Abrahamic faiths, this is, like, really an Islamic idea, you know, things like, uh, anti-racism, something that, uh, Islam takes a strong stance on, uh, you know, there's no person, no boy no other except by taqwa or piety. Um, and you know, yes, you say that, uh, things today are better than they've been in the past. I think that's true in, in many respects. There are certain things about like life today that, I mean, certainly again, like I've always, like I've been saying throughout this debate, it's a contingent. lot if Obviously I prefer my life to, you know, if we brought like Benjamin Franklin here, he might be repulsed and horrified. He might be like, this is a nightmare. But even I, as a modern person, do see certain things like, you know, and this is neither here nor there in terms of whether Islam is true, which, as I said, you know, we've gotten uh, all over the place. But, uh, you know, I think that there are certain things today that we need to be quite worried about. And I think we need to examine, like, certain things about the ideologies that prevail today, certain things like, you know, the categorical imperative, like Kant's, uh, Kant's idea from from you know, our favorite the enlightenment uh something that you know where as long as I can justify this as a universal principle you know it's okay things that have revert, you know we've treated the earth like brute matter uh you know uh, things that aren't you know we not something that we're, we're custodians of treated it like like uh something that we can just use for our own uh for whatever we want and look at what we've look at that what is that what's that for us to this you know we may be very well-headed towards a crisis this old idea like or you know not very old but the idea that kind of prevailed like you know during the hegemony of of the U.S. Uh, after World War II that everything was going to get better and better and better you know we're headed towards like the space where it was space like you know we'll colonize the galaxy uh, Star Trek oh. you know we will ourselves become gods more and more like the old narrative of things that we're like everything's going to get worse and worse we're going to head towards a great calamity that's uh seeming to become you know more uh more no. more believable to me
2: no no, uh, no no, but based on every metric um things are getting better every
3: even pinker argument but i think you can when, see really quick i'm that. sorry
1: yeah. if we could just get back to the topic i think but
2: think
4: i
3: think you can know. look into the the many critiques of this argument maybe yeah, by for instance. I, yes I okay have.
2: uh but um, here's here's the, here's the thing that what do you think about uh the, do you agree that based on here here's another book far inferior book. I just okay. do do, <laughs> oh, you agree, do you agree that based on this book I'm supposed to be executed?
3: No, I don't agree that based on that book you're supposed to be executed. I don't think that I think that the way that book is supposed to be used is as a book that is interpreted by uh, people in different situations. That's the nature of Sahih Bukhari. We're supposed to use these are probative sources in Fika, which we're supposed to apply. And I don't think that we should apply the fiqh of medieval times to now, by which, like, a lot of cases, yeah, you would be executed because the idea of being an atheist was not really, like, fully conceivable uh, to a lot of medieval Muslims. Uh, But, you know, if you just look at Sahih Bukhari and take it, like, in the most, like, literal, tendentious way, maybe. But, like, you know, I don't think that's how we've ever been meant to use this book.
2: There Uh, is no context to this hadith other than Prophet Muhammad saying that it's okay to kill someone. And in the time,
3: like this was like a political debate where after, you know, the conquest of Makkah, like all you know, all these disparate tribes started to kind of rebel and say, like, we're gonna, you know, and so this became a military situation. Islam, like this was like a you know, it was like
2: a confederacy, it was like a political alliance. You. So re- I it's read very the different hadith. from now
3: in this age of confessional religions.
2: very different. If I read the Hadith. It didn't seem like it was a military strategic um, point that I was making. Prophet Muhammad was saying, we, who are the people that we should be able to kill, right? You give you the list of three people that you should, three groups of people that you should, the blood of a Muslim who confesses, uh, you know, basically somebody who's a Muslim who, who has confessed that they're Muslim. In what scenarios you're allowed to kill them. So if you're talking if you're starting by saying giving examples, one of them being somebody who commits adultery, this doesn't seem to be in context. Like it's interesting because people keep telling us to read things in context, context, context. And the more you read this in context, the less it seems like a military uh, com- like well, I don't think or... that
3: context is reading the thing itself over and over until like the context magically appears. You have to think about the actual situation, and you can actually access this through reading other hadith and through other, ha- you know, yeah, documents it makes it like it worse. Uh, I don't think it necessarily makes it worse because it makes it, it clear that the situation clear... was one in which, as I described, these were sort of political alliances that were being if broken you... in no, this no, day like, and age, that's read... not how religion works.
2: If you read all every all the tafsir and all the biography and all the story earliest sources of history and hadith it, it becomes very clear that this is about people being muslim at some point and not being this was not dispute. here's an interesting thing because you keep you mentioned that uh, higher moral standards these days and things becoming better the, the, these the meaning of these, yeah, France, these hadith yeah, yeah. The, the meaning better But okay. Uh, The meaning of this hadith and these verses, the Quranic verses, they weren't disputed by Arab speaking scholars, Islamic scholars, until. it's, it's just mostly a recent phenomenon that people say, like, oh, maybe this is talking about political allegiances or treason. Well, the maybe only reason why not- people have well,
3: had occasion to explain it is because of, like, they needed to respond to polemics. It's the same thing with the that. age of Aisha. Talid,
2: let's, let's, yeah. Let yeah. Oh,
1: sorry, sorry. I'm interrupting. you no, okay. You're okay. Guess, you're okay. Yeah. No,
2: that's okay. Um, but, but, what I'm suggesting is that these new interpretations, which are you really have to play gymnastics ways, you know, arguments to come up with other ways of looking at this because it's clear. I, mean, I just mentioned one of the hadiths, right, when it comes to killing a posses. so There's a whole bunch, and it makes it very clear this is just about leaving Islam. But the only way that you could get a different meaning out of it uh, is if you p- play this gymnastic arguments, and also it's it's telling that these arguments have only become it's a recent phenomenon in in, in some Muslim communities. Again, not a lot of a lot of Muslim scholars completely ad, are willing to admit that this is only about leaving Islam, only about changing your uh, opinion. Uh, many Arab-speaking Islamic scholars openly admit that. In fact, most of them do. Um, but this new new recent thing only comes has has become a thing after. We have realized that these, you know, after humanity have achieved higher moral standards, right? So the fact that we have higher mo- modern standards are better and become um, much better than Islam or Christianity ever introduced to us. Um, the the fact that now Muslims are look, some Muslims were looking at this like maybe this means something else. This suggests to me that this is just a reaction to people having higher moral standards, or else they they would have had these excuses for these hadiths for 1400 years before that. And they don't, I mean, if you read the commentary in these things, go ahead.
3: uh, Well, yeah, let me try to explain. Uh, I think that at the time, like, there was no need for these excuses because the only like understanding of being Muslim was the one I'm referring to, where this was like the main like, uh, you know, sort of political dimension of one's identity. Like to be like an atheist in the way that you are was not a thing. It just simply wasn't. And like, if, what? you know, to be an atheist in the way that you are, like in, for instance, it's not only being at the an time atheist. Bukhari, all right, okay, sorry. To, uh, okay, so to uh, say like, I'm leaving Islam, that's mm-hmm. saying like, I'm leaving this like community, this ummah that I'm part of, like this nation basically, And that is like, you know, at the time, like something very different. And no one needed to explain that at the time because that's simply what everyone understood it to be. And if you look into it, like then, yes, of course, that's, that's what it is. And the, when you look at it, like in terms of what people say now, yeah, you're absolutely right that people do interpret in different ways. Like people, Muslims today do say like all apostates should be killed. Um, things like that. I don't agree with them. I think that we live in a different, like, you know, situation where we can, you know, like, uh, interpret these things in different ways. Uh, however, like the fact of the matter is that, uh, you know, in the past, the way like that this was like, you know, seen and used the way that uh, the, with the meaning of apostasy was was very, very different. There wasn't like, you know, this kind of like confessional religious thing. It was a like a community like based thing. It was it was really oh. like, you know, uh. Yeah, it was. It you was think kind leaving, okay, I,
2: I mean, I disagree with you on your interpretation, but mm-hmm. you're a good person. That's why you're trying to come up with other interpretations. Thank but, you. But, do you, but do you think that leaving your community will justify to somebody to be killed? Like, let's say it was not the same as. Because the, the, the verse, the, I'm sorry, the, the Hadith is not even mentioning. Leaving communities saying reverse, it specifically says revert for Islam. So you're saying that was not a, people leaving Islam? Well, that was not, a, it, of, let me just, yeah, let me, sorry, let me sorry, just, sorry, uh, sorry. yes, go. Ahead. No, that's, that's okay. You're saying that was not a thing back then, but the Hadith specifically says people who revert from Islam. So it does seem like it was a thing. But even if that's not true, and this meant like people abandoning their community and leaving their community. Do you think that justifies killing somebody if they want to leave their community? All right,
3: I'll address like uh, what you said uh, on on two fronts. Like first of all, like the this kind of gets back to what I said like in my opening statement that the meaning of Islam is very multiplicit. It's very, like what is understood by Islam has changed today. Like we think of Islam as being part of the category of religion, like mm-hmm. a category that didn't really exist. Like in the, you know, the Muslims thought of Islam as being something like, you know, they didn't think about it in these terms where, like, oh, there's all these different religions. People, like, choose them based on their opinions. People understood Islam, like, on very different terms, you know, like, people who became Muslim. Did everyone who, like, if you're thinking about it, like, did everyone who converted to Islam after the conquest of Mecca, for instance? I mean, I'm sure you'll agree with me as an atheist that not everyone who was, like, you know, uh, who became Muslim changed -hmm. their mind about anything. Not everyone who went from worshipping Allah to Allah was like, you know, or who went from doing pilgrimage to the Cada when it was full of idols. This kind of goes back to what you said before about how, you know, like he had changed everything so dramatically. Like, you know, things, in many cases, you know, things sort of persisted. Even in terms of alcohol, you know, of course, at first he had didn't prohibit it fully. Um anyway, uh oh, but, but can on I the get other back front, to in my... terms of yes, that's your question mm. about whether uh no, I personally like, you know, don't uh have like a, a strong opinion on it, but I do think that in the same way that uh, medieval Fakir, like, would or uh, Fukaha would say, like, you know, oh yeah, if you leave Islam, you have to die. There's many people today who say, like, oh, Edward Snowden should be killed. You know, because he betrayed the United States. It's and the I'm same sort of that, reasoning. Yeah, I'm against it. Too- yeah, I'm against it as well. If I Wait. were, if I were, if I were a Facket, I, I would say, like, well, no, let's figure out something. Wait, else. is
2: that what aboutism?
3: But I'm not. What do you mean? How is it what aboutism? Like, oh, you mean because I'm mentioning that? No, I'm saying. Well, I'm making an analogy. Uh, I'm okay, saying that in the but, same way that uh, medieval fulqaha would say, like, oh, if someone leaves Islam, they have to die. People today will say if someone betrays the United States, they have to die. So uh, if you, you think know, that's I don't wrong... With either of them, but, you know,
2: yeah. Okay, so both of them are wrong. Um,
3: I, I Yeah, I disagree with, with their opinion. Okay, uh, great. So you, you know, disagree
2: with Muhammad. So you just disagree with Muhammad.
3: No, I don't disagree with the Muhammad, but I do disagree with the idea oh, that... Oh, you, I, you I,
2: didn't, I, didn't I, say sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.
3: Oh, yeah, sorry. No, I'm saying in my heart, <laughs> in my heart, okay. I always say it whenever okay. I mention him. So I'll, I'll, okay, okay,
2: okay. Um, so.
3: But anyway, um, yes, no, I think that uh, in terms of, like, the, you know, well, again, I'm saying, like, all these things, like, uh, like, if I were a medieval flaka, it's very hard to imagine, like, oneself in these situations. Like, like, obviously, you know, as I've said many times, like, our beliefs are very contingent on the societies that we live in. So maybe in the time, like, I, you know, uh, it would, I would have some different opinion. But, you know, when I'm making this analogy, I don't mean to say what aboutism. I just mean to say that, you know, this is something that like c- uh, can be understood in these terms, like because religion like was the f- prime way of like identification, like uh, political alignment in a way that it isn't now. And that's why this is the case. But in terms of now, like, of course, like, you know, and, you know, just to say even in medieval times, people were given like, you know, three chances to, to repent, all these things, you know, every like they went to great lengths to avoid. This penalty, and it wasn't applied very, very often, I, I should say, you know, again, this is right. kind of why so, I just like apologetics. I don't like to do this stuff. I don't like to, you know, do this kind of thing. But, you know, I will just say, just to be fair to to the the uh, medieval folk uh, and to the medieval Islamic authorities, you know, this penalty was applied very rarely. But yeah, I agree today that I don't think apostate should be killed. I think we can find another way to deal with this, this issue just one
1: really really quick i'm sorry yeah. um armin go ahead and reply and say what you want to say um and then we're going to start wrapping up and getting to the questions okay. so right. just go ahead armin since khalid started right i'm sorry khalid started um
2: Khaled.
1: you can go ahead and uh finish yeah. up then
2: so just to be clear that um first of all i still think that the hadith is very specific about it's just about people who leave islam but you're saying okay so it's about people leaving their community and it's not right okay but at some point it made sense to kill people in the context of that time just for they were like hey guys it has been nice knowing you but this was fun while it lasted but i'm gonna head out and i don't want to be part of this anymore and you're saying like in that situations it did not happen often but in some cases when somebody wanted to leave their community in some cases it made sense in that context of the time it was morally acceptable based on your standards to be like okay sorry we have to chop your head right so i mean i mean this is not again, I don't have to say much about to show like what it's really hard to defend. Like I I don't envy you because it, it, it's really hard to defend all of this stuff. Like the amount of the interpretation, like it, it's so obvious to see that where the Quran is and where the Hadith is and how much you have to manipulate it to come up with different interpretation for it to be remotely acceptable. And even after all that stretch, even after all the, Changes that you make to it and to read it in a way that is not as barbaric or violent or insane as it actually is, even where you land, it still ends up being something that we can still morally object to it, right? Uh, So, yeah, yeah,
3: I won't reply to anything Mm -hmm. that you said, but I'll just say this isn't really the stuff that Muslims really usually think about, like you know, uh, killing apostates, we just think about praying and like
2: worshiping God. But I yeah. agree. All right, I, uh, I won't. Re- no, no. I won't. You know, I'll let you have the last time. No, yeah. I agree. No, no. I just, I just. I'll end this with the uh, agreement. Okay. Um, I'm only, I'm only addressing what the Quran and the Hadith are teaching. Muslims, um, on average, the vast majority of Muslims would never even consider doing something so horrific. Okay, would not even, you know. So, Muslims are great people, and you know, it's, it, Muslims are better than the Quran and the Hadith. So, that's what I. See. I agree with you on Muslims and the values, um, at least many of them, right?
1: All right, wonderful. Thank you, guys. Um, we're gonna go ahead and get into the questions now. I'm still waiting for some of them, but I'm gonna go ahead and start off with some of the Super Chats here. Um, the first one we have is from Sunflower. Um, Sunflower says, Armin, not everything is getting better. You said woke culture resembles a religion. Is the rapid spread of hedonistic, godless leftism harming society?
2: Well, god, le- he- godlessness is great. So I don't know what they're talking about. Woke cult is bad, um, but godlessness is fantastic. And just because there are problems, that doesn't mean things are getting worse. Of course, there are new problems, there are old problems, but. I mean, if you look at where we are today and where people are today, less people are dying from violence, less people are dying from disease, more people have less people are in, are in extreme poverty, more people have access to food and shelter and security and comfort. Almost every child mortality, um, access to healthcare and medicine, uh, access to clean water everything every metric almost every metric you touch on if you come if you look at short term okay so if you look at short-term trends it's easy to notice that things are getting worse or better based on some metrics but if you just if your metric is even even like 50 100 years 200 years you know even even 50 is enough to notice that things are absolutely getting better and if you increase your, your horizon even to like You know 500 years then absolutely things are getting much better and again this doesn't mean that there are things are okay and that we don't need there nothing there's nothing to fight there's still and we're way you know things are horrible right now in the world things are horrible and they are the best they have ever been these two things are not mutually exclusive it's not a contradiction to say that things are horrible but it's the best i has ever been okay So just because you point to things that are horrible and things that need improvement, that doesn't mean that it was worse. It was. It's It it wasn't. It's. It's not better than it used to be.
1: Okay, thank you, Um, to Khalid. Do you consider the Quran the literal word of God slash Allah, and why do you hold your position?
3: Um, well, it's a complex question. I think that, like, of course, the creedal uh, position is that the Qur'an is a little, little word of God. But I think this is confusing because people maybe imagine God dictating these words. Uh, Muhammad's experience of revelation varied. Um, and I think that something very mysterious happens in sort of the, uh, you know, the revelation of the Qur'an to, to a human being, to a prophet. And I think that there's, you know, in transforming these, these divine ideas into human language, um, you know something uh something happens uh that you know is is, is mysterious and I think that that's something that you can see in the Islamic tradition, you know, the idea from from uh you know the star of the debate Aisha you know talking about Muhammad as as the kind of the walking Quran or his personality was the Quran. Um and so these, you know, uh, so to answer your question, you know, on a creedal level, the Quran is held to be the literal world of God, but you know, I think that there's something very mysterious that happens in terms of the the Uh, transformation of of divinity or a divine message into into human language that humans can comprehend.
1: Gotcha. Thank you. Um, The next one we have is from um, Sarah, um, I'm sorry, this is a hard word to pronounce, Sarah Bia. um, At Armin, based on your atheism, what is really wrong about monkey marriage? If that is what humans are, and so do, and do so every day, wouldn't atheism say that is okay?
2: I don't understand the question. Uh, do, does it's
1: this person kind of like me- when you
3: said on Twitter that it's okay for parents to have sex with their children uh, as long as they don't have kids? It's asking, you know, is it okay for monkeys to have sex with uh, humans because of you know there's no
1: God? I think what they're saying is, is it okay for for monkeys to have sex with each other since
2: humans are from monkeys? Yeah, it's okay for monkeys to have sex with each other. I I I am gonna go on and I am gonna allow monkeys having sex with each other. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think this person thinks that uh, we atheists think humans are monkeys. I we're mean
3: primates if, we're primates, yeah. Right?
2: Yeah, but I think so. that hold on. It was the question for me, I think. Oh, sorry. Yeah. But if, if so so what was her what was her name again? Bonkers. Um what is that back what is that noise? <laughs> I
1: don't know, um, Sarah Bia.
2: Yes, yeah, Sarah. Maybe if you think that atheists think that first of all, atheism and doesn't give you—it's not a—it doesn't make any claims about anything. So. Atheism is only a lack of belief in God. After after that, a lot of atheists believe in many different things. But um, I I even know atheists who don't believe in evolution for some reason. But if you're talking about, you know, Darwinism and believe in evolution, if you actually think that atheists think we're monkeys, maybe you should actually study evolution before talking to me. Okay, so maybe, you know, I don't know exactly what you meant. If you're asking me where my uh, moral standards come from, then... My moral standards are based on um, avoiding harm, avoiding suffering, avoiding misery, and reducing happiness for the highest number of people. So that's where are my standards. If that's what you're wondering, right?
1: All right, but, thank you. Oh, go ahead.
2: Yeah. No, I just I, I'm just saying I wonder how if some how Muslims would defend a hadith that said, is talking about monkeys stoning each other for having illegal sex. So. I wonder how they would defend it. But go Well, on. I think you got
3: to ask the monkeys to defend it. Right.
2: <laughs> I would. Def- I would ask how somebody would even mention that how this is Islamic scripture that monkeys could even have illegal sex, like is a, is marriage a thing in monkey culture? Do they have like a court and they have judges? That like how 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 do monkeys have illegal sex? So this is this is part of Islamic scripture. I mean, and also why did the person participate in the stoning of the monkey anyways it's just weird that was just for fun i don't know people think it's serious
1: all right um next one is from sunflower again to khalid um they say do you think that being born into a certain religion or dogma predisposes you to have an irrational belief in it if so do you think your belief in islam is primary primarily (laughs) rational
2: Wrong person uh, to ask, <laughs> yeah. I'm a convert, so
3: yeah, you picked the wrong person to ask. Um, yeah, I'm actually, yeah, I don't like to identify myself this way, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually an ex atheist in the same way that I mean, as an ex Muslim, so, actually, very,
2: very interesting because you're an ex atheist Muslim and I'm yeah. an ex Muslim atheist, yes, and I'm a Middle Eastern atheist and you're mm. a white Muslim, yeah, like, but
3: you're falling into the trap now, you're racializing Islam, but you no, know, no, you, I'm you, just
2: i'm I'm actually doing the opposite of that. I'm yes. just saying like I'm just pr- pointing. pointing oh, yeah, out that, we yeah.
3: represent yes that this you know you can't make yeah. assumptions
2: yes, yes, yes yeah, like yeah. i'm I'm fighting the assumptions, I'm not making the yes. assumptions. Yeah. Uh,
3: but I do think I think to the the person's point, a lot of the time, reason you know, is something that requires reasons. There's always first principles. uh you know, as I said, like there's always a uh, a certainty or an assumption that like the doubt often is is against the background of. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that a lot of the time, you know, uh, these are applied to, you know, I think the, 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 what the Quran says is correct. Like in a way it's the Qadr of Allah, like what people believe, uh, the Quran says, you know, uh, even if there were a Quran that could tear us under the mountains, there are some people who wouldn't believe no matter what. So in a way, yeah, it's, it's providential what people think. Um, so I'm not sure if it's entirely rational. Um,
2: okay.
1: Thank you. Um, The next question is from Robert Williams, and it actually really isn't a question. Um, He just says, headset from the guy's phones work on computers. Not really sure what that's supposed to mean, but he it was a super chat. (laughs) So we can go on to the next question. Um, Khaled, how do you counter the overwhelming historical... Um, evidence that affirms Jesus was indeed crucified, which counts as multi-attestation in light of 40 unsupported words.
3: Um, Well, the Quran says that uh, it appeared that Jesus was crucified. So even if, you know, you go by the idea that that Christ wasn't crucified, that's how it appeared to them. I kind of cleave to to Tabri's idea that when uh, the Quran is saying that, uh, Tabri, the the, uh, Musafir and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Mufasa and uh, you know historian um, uh, he sort of says that what that verse he interprets that verse what it means is that they killed him in the in the dunya in this world but not in reality that's how he interprets that verse so the interpretation that Jesus was never crucified you know isn't like a, that many Muslims today do subscribe to to be fair um, you know that's not the only uh, normative Muslim opinion and uh, the yeah so I definitely think that at the very least that's how it was made to appear that he was crucified. But, uh, you know, of course, as Muslims, we we revere Jesus, and, and we believe that uh, what was done to him was not, uh, you know, uh, what they wished it to be, the destruction of him.
1: Okay, thank you. We have another question for Khalid. Khalid, you are right. popular tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I'm willing to concede that the universe was caused by a first mover, what reason can you give me to convince me that this God is Allah and not Yahweh, or... Ahara Mazda, and this is from Emperor Justinian.
3: Uh, I don't really know too much about Ahura Mazda, to be honest, but assuming that this is like some idea of the first mover, Yahweh and Allah are the same God, to me. That's the same principle. The difference is in the revelations that people accept. Uh, People who believe in Yahweh, Christians or Jews, you know, who believe in Jehovah or in Yahweh, they might not believe in the the Quran. Um, I think that in terms of revelation, uh, the Qur'an is a very compelling one, and uh, that it, we have the full thing from a very early date. Um, and, you know, I mean, I mean, we've had this whole debate about it, obviously, because you I mean, rippling his eyes, but, uh, you know, the, uh, yeah, I like, I think say. that when you, you know, there's a visceral truth to the Qur'an when you hear it, you know, if you're called okay. to hear it in the way that, that, that one can, and I think that you know, there's, uh, a, in, in the same way that the earlier questioner mentioned, you know, the multiple attestations of the crucifixion, there's many attestations for, you know, the the miracles of Muhammad and, and things like this. So the, yeah, the, the Quran as a revelation uh, is a very singular one. Um, so I think that in terms of like following a certain revealed religion, uh, that I think is the, the uh, appeal of Islam. And I think that through the practice of Islam personally, I find that uh, to be compelling. But I think that really like the idea of like the one God, like, uh, I don't really know too much about Zoroastrianism or whatever, but if uh, Ahura Mazda is the same thing, this one God that people refer, like, you know, someone called Jehovah, that is Allah. Um,
2: just so- I, I hope okay, so just want to clarify how I hope I didn't come off as rude to you personally at any point. Like I wasn't if I did, I did I wasn't trying No,
3: and it, I'm I'm also like, you know, uh, I try to be like, you know, to be calm in my manners, but you know, perhaps like, you know, that's the influence of my atheist days. I can get heated, mm-hmm. so you know,
2: yeah.
3: uh it's a it's a contentious issue, so the debate got heated, but you know, yeah. I yeah.
2: Because a lot of people in the live chat seem to want me to like, yeah, destroy you, like, gotcha, like, yeah, no, like, I don't know if I can. I mean, if it happens, it's not like, Mm -hmm. it just happens naturally, and I'm not trying to do it, and I'm also, at any point, if I say something that seemed personally directed at Khaled rather than my views about Islam... If it came across as like like that, it was not intentional. And I hope that Khaled didn't feel like I awful.
3: haven't been looking at the live chat. I probably never will. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. um,
1: we have one last question for both. Um, it says Khaled's precept opening could apply to any religion. Does he not realize that? You can go ahead, Khaled, first and then follow up. I think this
3: is kind of similar to the last question. I do think that a lot of what I said could apply to any religion. And this is something I kind of mentioned earlier in the debate. that's something that, you know, is kind of held within Islam. There's like, there's something to all religions. Uh, You know, uh, Islam has often entertained the idea of, you know, Buddha as a prophet or Krishna as a prophet um, of of God. And so, yeah, there is definitely something to all religions. So, yes, a lot of what is said about Islam could be said uh, in some way about other religions because the idea is that, like these religions uh, approach in some way the the same truth uh, that uh, that Islam does. Um, so, yeah, a lot of like the opening, of course, could apply to anyone. You know, we try to establish the idea of God and debating with someone who doesn't believe in, in God at all. Although, you know, maybe he believes in like nature or like reality or, or being or existence, uh, something like that. I believe
2: but, in reality, yes.
3: Yeah. So maybe <laughs> uh, reality is is another name for God. But
2: yeah. Uh. Well, I, okay. So if we, I mean, I didn't get. I could. That could be another one-hour discussion. I didn't get into that because I, we, we have God debates, um, a lot. Especially, I've seen you, your channel has done it already. Uh, and given that this was an Islam-related topic, I thought if we go to uh, discussing whether God is real or not, it would be something that people have already experienced on this channel, and I've already done it so many times. It would have been more. I thought it would be more interesting to your audience and also to me uh, if we got more islam specific that's why i did that but yeah
1: all right sounds good well thank you both for coming on to modern day debate um don't forget to check out both the speakers links in the description um yeah. and again thank you khalid and armin for coming in and um joining us today taking your um taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us we really appreciate it and uh thank you all so much thank you
2: guys can I, ju- can I just make a point regarding yeah. um if it's not to me the main um point of these discussions is not to change people's opinions the main point of these discussions is to show that people could have disagreements and get along and I think Khalid doesn't I think, I think we can, I consider Khalid like a great good person and I, I could see him that somebody could, that could be my friend. And I hope he feels like that about me as well. And I'm hoping that if we could show that, we could demonstrate that to people that we could have passion disagreements without getting personal, um, that that's possible, right? So even if you came, you know, most people come into watching these discussions and they leave without changing their opinion about anything, but, I think it's mostly about demonstrating that it's possible that to have passionate disagreements without getting you know too personal about it but do you agree with that Khaled?
3: yes i agree it's good to be able to have these discussions again like uh i'm not sure if i'll uh be doing this again but uh you know yeah uh it
4: <laughs> you're fun
2: to talk you're worse. fun to talk to, yeah. to, talk to so you consider Maybe. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all, wills. all right
1: well, have everyone have a great evening and thanks again. I'm glad everyone ended on a good note tonight. So mm-hmm. hopefully some friendships were made and um, I'm glad we had a great discussion. So have a good evening.
2: Thank you. Again. Thank you. What, who's doing that?
4: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T dot com. Corient.com.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.